Last time on Eidolon Queen, five adventurers met in a tavern after being asked by the Black Queen to find her missing partner, the White Queen. Kestrel, Crimson, Callistra Swiftheart, Lillian Witchwood, and Ricky Spectacular Baradam met up and were quickly put to work as the Great King Rat attacked the tavern's owner. After dispatching their foe, a great white fissure opened up in the world beneath them, splitting the tavern in two. The next morning, the crew gathered together and departed, seeking the source of this fissure. You've been traveling deeper into the forest for a day and a half now, following the white fissure. It's definitely getting wider. The change was gradual enough that it was tough to be sure from moment to moment, but by now it's grown as wide as a marble. Even stranger, however, is the forest itself. Out this far, there are no shortage of dangers, but your experience so far has been suspiciously uneventful. The most excitement you've had was when a pack of wolves investigated your campsite last night, but they were easily scared away. You were, at the very least, expecting to run across, you know, at least one chimera or giant man-eating bird or something like that. Instead, you've had plenty of time to simply walk, talk, and contemplate. Possibly too much contemplation than some of you are comfortable with. So, what are you thinking about your new companions? Let's do our ties. Uh, who would like to start off? Nobody's ready to do ties. I mean, I All can right. do ties. <laughs> I can Doing start. a little dance. <laughs> Maxie, let's do some ties. How do you feel about these people you've just met? By and large, I mean, they all seem like kind of bummers, except Calistra. <laughs> Uh, All right. Why don't, we, why don't we start with Kestrel? Yeah, sure. What what is Kestrel to you? What's your what's your vibe on her? Kestrel has the dark and mysterious energy of someone concealing deep pain. All right. So so Kestrel is concealing deep pain. Uh, how about Callistra? I forget. Uh. Lexi, how much did Callistra let on about her backstory last time around? I don't think much. Yeah, not a whole lot. She was kind of evasive. Hmm. Well, I think... Callistra seems as though she's... 
holding something in reserve. Holding herself back, maybe. Okay. Calistra seems like she's holding herself back. All right. Uh, how about for Crimson? Crimson is capable of great things, but I'm not sure she knows what they'll be yet. I think you could just use the first half of that sentence. Yeah, Crimson seems capable of great things. There's no need for me to be waggling my eyebrows to a camera. <laughs> no one can see that. <laughs> and finally, what what about Lillian? This feels reductive. My immediate thought is Lillian and I both have it it swag. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, I, I, I want I want to get it. You know, the more uh, a, a more meaningful like extension of that, like something yeah. about being. Uh, the nature of being a sapient object, as it were. Yeah. I, f- Maybe, you, I think I Lillian, feel a kinship with Lillian. Yes, kinship is the perfect word for it. All righty. Uh, Kestrel, uh, how do you feel about Ricky's spectacular bar Adam? Um, Kestrel doesn't really... Kestrel doesn't understand Ricky and doesn't care to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I I don't understand Ricky and don't care to. Okay. Alrighty. Uh and Callistra. Uh Callistra Callistra knows how to carry herself. Alright. Uh what about Crimson? Um Crimson is capable but needs focus. Finally, Lillian. Lillian is a complete unknown. <laughs> I think Lillian said like three sentences last episode, so Castro's like, mm. "Oh yeah, do- we're we're gonna be uh, yeah. addressing that today." Uh, That's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes, Callistra. Uh, how do you feel about Kestrel? That young lady has a chip on her shoulder. Kestrel has a chip on her shoulder. Uh, and Ricky? I like that you're assuming she's young when she's like in full armor. <laughs> Listen, it's it's in your bearing. <laughs> this young punk. Uh, Ricky, um, anyone who puts that much of themselves out there must be hiding something. Okay. Ricky must be hiding something. Uh, Crimson, how about for Crimson? Crimson seems like she might be dangerous. And finally, Lillian. I think I'm just going to leave it at Lillian is intriguing. Okay, Lillian is intriguing. All right, uh, Fabby, uh, what does Crimson think about Kestrel? Kestrel seems confident in combat. Maybe too confident. All right. Kestrel seems too confident in combat. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next up, how about your feelings on Ricky? I hope Ricky has hidden depths. (laughs) 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 God damn. That's way harsher than Kestrel. (laughs) Just roasting the shit out of Ricky. Okay, how about for uh, Calistra? Um, I bet her hands 
have no scars. Oh, I like interesting. That's a good one. She is wearing gloves. Uh, how do you feel about Lillian? I feel a kinship that I cannot explain. Okay. I didn't do Crimson Boys because I didn't want to, but I will no, that's during fair. the episode. <laughs> that's that's fine. You can you can just save that for Crimson's yeah, voice. That, that's that's the money shot right there. <laughs> Molly. Yes. Uh, what does Lillian think about Kestrel? Uh, Lillian thinks Kestrel's armor is weighing her down. Ooh. Oh, wow. interesting. Uh, what about Ricky? Trying to th- Ricky's been the hardest one I've been trying to think of. <laughs> we we can skip to another one if you want. No, I think um, I think it's something like Ricky will make for um. Not lighter travel. What's the more enjoyable travel? Pleasant. Yeah, pleasant travel. Or right. ple- pre- pleasant company. That's probably a better way to put it. All right. Look at that. The 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 nicest one Ricky's had so far. <laughs> Low bar. <laughs> uh, what about Callistra? I'm trying not to make this stuff that Lexi and I had talked about before because it's kind of not going to come up basically since they haven't met each other uh in this in this specific scenario um for Callistra, i mean if 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 you had ideas no because no we've we've passed the point it's it's yeah, no big deal so. yeah no 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 it's fine does she know anything about Callistra? did they talk at all <laughs> they were in the same room at times yeah uh i think i think i'll just go with i don't know anything about Callistra. All right, and uh, finally, Crimson. Um, this is gonna be mean, but Crimson needs to relax. <laughs> <laughs> You're too. Crimson's just too emo right now. Extremely emo. She's been through a lot. Okay, I don't doubt it. <laughs> All right, yeah. So uh, now we've got those ties done. Um, you're kind of still walking through this forest. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Like, what are you all doing to like pass the time? Are you chatting with with each uh, chatting with anyone? You know, doing doing any activities? Um, Lillian has made like multiple lengthy stops at various trees, just. To- seemingly just kind of like checking out the bark and things without really like saying what she's what it's doing or you know what you know what's happening there and then just continues on okay i i should ask is lillian still in its human form i think it would be really funny if one morning like lillian just drops the facade completely and is just like this 13 foot hulking sequoia-esque tree creature yeah it checks out Maybe not 13 feet, probably smaller than that, but it's it's large. Tell you what, how about we make that this morning? Okay, yeah. This, yes. yeah, it's because this was going to be the start of the, like your, your second day of travel anyway. So right. I think you all wake up, leave your tents or your bedrolls or whatever you're sleeping with, and just suddenly there's a giant 13 foot tree just hanging out here. Lillian, do you do you say anything first, or I think Lillian probably just says good morning. Mm. Morning, Dryad. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I think Castro Castro like nods and then goes back to her morning routine. 
<laughs> yeah, I think Crimson looks at you for a bit, and then just looks away and starts writing in one of her journals. Ooh, a, a writer! I don't <sighs> think I realized. I love that Ricky sees Crimson writing as like, that's the interesting thing this morning. That's what I need to zero in on. <laughs> oh, we've all we've all met a dryad. You've met a dryad, Kestrel. <laughs> Clearly, from context. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to draw attention to it. That would be rude. So, what are you writing, Crimson? And I think uh, Ricky is just leaning against Lillian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's fine with that. I'm making notes of our travel so that one day when the lost orc library is returned, they this journey, the journey that got the library back, will be recorded in its in its halls. You and I are cut from the same cloth, as it were. Uh, I guess sculpted from the same clay would be more accurate. But, oh, oh, I, I see, I, I went on this journey because I want an academy of the arts. And I think an academy, a library, those will go together like, uh... Well, I don't know if peanut butter exists in this setting. I think we can say peanut butter. Uh, that's reasonable. I, uh, I think I we could grant peanut butter. Peanut butter... And jam. I assume you want the academy in the city. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Yes, you know, make it, give it a good central location where people from all across the world can attend. Then it probably will be too far away for the oh, library. Yeah. You're thinking of more of a hermit library, the sort that mystics and scholars go on long pilgrimages to attend, that they might peer through the ancient lore and literature of generations long past. What do you know about the Adam Wastelands? Are those the ones that got, uh, like, blown up? And That's where my people are from. Orcs have inhabited the Wastelands back when they were mountains. And we had this amazing library that had every single piece of knowledge not only that existed but you that you could ever dream of the library just kept updating itself it also liked to move around it never left the wastelands but it liked to to move around back when we were mountains move from one mountain to the other sometimes you had to make tunnels to get to it one day it just disappeared we searched through all the mountains. We searched until this was generations and generations back, you see. Until there were no more mountains. There was just the wastelands. And we never found the library again. I want to return it to where it was from. It's a very respectable goal. It's been my life's purpose. All the more reason uh, that it is imperative that this journey is a success. And I am certain that with the five of us, we shall easily triumph over whatever may remain in our path. I hope so. I think as you finish that little speech of yours, uh, you hear 
someone shouting in the forest, wait, the bow's about to snap. And then you just hear like a cracking sound and an arrow like gets loose uh, and just suddenly just uh, flies upward and you can see it like arc in the air and then start descending right towards your camp. Can I like put a hand up to block it? Yeah, sure. By hand, do you mean yeah. branch? Bow. Yeah, you know, bow. Uh, I think that's going to be. Uh, I think it's still like you know vaguely humanoid shaped, but I'm gonna give me an Ellie draw for that for a <laughs> beat the odds. Sure, I have fate. one Ellie. Okay, that is the devil. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, sure. All right, gonna roll with that. All right, let's see. Yeah, why here. not? Yeah, we're rolling with the devil. You get what you want at a price you can't afford. Five All American right, so... dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so what what kind of tree is Lillian exactly? Are they modeled after a specific kind? Like a sequoia. Okay, it's a sequoia. All right. So I think uh, you do block it um, successfully, but you kind of you, you mess up where you're placing your hand uh, and it like goes sort of right through your wrist. Um, and it does hurt a bit. Um, you are going to ad advance your damage track mm -hmm. by one because it is just stuck in you now. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you, you, like you can probably get it out just, you know, if you if you try hard, but it is it is stuck like inside it's wedged in there. Your, your wrist, yeah. It's gonna take some effort to get it out. As sort of that happens, you see a couple people running toward your camp. Uh, one of them is a centaur, a bay-colored centaur with a reddish-brown coat and black hair and tail. In their hands is a broken longbow. Uh, it seems like it very recently snapped. And running right beside them is a a devil who is, you know, she's got the prominent curled ram, uh, ram style horns, dark orange skin and golden eyes. Uh, and she's uh, she's got like a, a, a small lyre hooked up on her back to her backpack. And like, they like, rush like up Nokio to or... L-Y-R-E, like the <laughs> instrument. Oh, so this yeah. is not Liza P. No, this is not Liza P. We're, we're not... None of you are going to get P-Organs. Excuse me? Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> you that, can't just say that. Look, Molly knows. You could say that. That's part of the game. Uh, I'll have you know I'm very much expecting you to P-Organ if this mission goes well. Uh... What? I think I'm talking about pee. <laughs> what is happening? I'm sorry. I didn't. Maybe I asked. I should have done that. I should have said that. For a pee organ, you don't know. Uh, the centaur, sort of, a as they like see Lillian and see where their arrow ended up, they say, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!" Lillian, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I 
I, I uh, this bow clearly I didn't maintain it properly. I I was bending it too much. I I didn't. I'm so. Are you okay, Lillian? You recognize this centaur as Zephyr. Uh, you've seen them around before. During one point in their very early life when they were still a foal, they got chased by wolves and the wolves got trapped in a patch of brambles that Zephyr could swear weren't there before. And they saw you nearby and knowing you're a dryad, they just assumed that you're the one who saved them. Did Lillian actually save them? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so Zephyr has kind of, I don't want to say been obsessed with you, but they they have been like very deferential and maybe a little too enthusiastic whenever they see you. They're they're sure. very, <laughs> they like you a lot. Uh, um, and we had talked about like, they have had multiple run-ins over the years, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Zephyr is part of like a group of nomads who make their home in these woods most of the time they sort of move about a bit setting up camp every so often uh so you're fairly well acquainted with them i think like lillian um lays the arm down that got hit uh and says if you can get the arrow out we'll be even oh yes uh of, of course yeah i'm i'm so sorry uh hold on let me let me see your wrist yeah it lays it out yeah so zephyr may have had a very bad shot that time but they are fairly dexterous and they get that arrow out pretty easily. They they know exactly how to like finesse it out of your arm without causing any additional damage. Well, that's good. I think uh, Lillian says, so what are you doing around here now? Oh, I I was just well, I I was just gathering some food uh, with with my friend Charity here. Um, and we were, uh, you know, I, we were, I was doing the hunting and Charity was, was finding, uh, you know, berries and, and stuff. And I, uh, well, I, I definitely missed the bird I was aiming for. Um, Callistra and Crimson, you both recognize the name Charity. You, you both recall that Charity is working on a book an encyclopedia specifically of every musical instrument in existence. Calistra, she has shown up at your court a few times uh, to ask questions uh, as well as perform. Uh, and Crimson, you have collaborated before on, you know, so uncovering some information on historical uh, instruments used by orcs. Okay. Have my experiences with this devil been positive, negative? I think probably positive. You know, she's a pretty sociable guest. And whenever she travels somewhere, she uh, she is very well read on the local customs. Uh, so she's never been one of those tourists who mm. just makes a oath of themselves. And okay, not known In for, cause for making trouble. No, yeah. not no, not really. In that case, I think I want to do something to to show like a different style of Crimson and sure. go with it. I think Crimson sees Charity and like rushes and gives her a big, big hug 
And so, so ah, my friend, how long oh. has it been? Oh God, Crimson, I, hmm. It's been I wasn't expecting to see you here, but I, God, I did miss your hugs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to see a friendly face. And what it, forgive me if this sounds a little weird to ask, but what are you doing with Lady Callistra at your side? Her face drops, like that smile is gone. Submission. I don't know how much we can say, but yeah, we're on a mission. You know, it'd be important if I'm here. Important to me, I mean. Um, I I have a quick question, Iris. Sure. Would um would Charity have been at the um the White and Black Queen's court when Kestrel was there? In her pre-Kestrel era. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna say she has, uh, Kestrel, but the, she uh, Kestrel stays she the does fuck. Recognize yeah, him. Kestrel stays the fuck away. <laughs> yeah, as far as as far as she can tell, you're just some like weirdo in in some armor. Great, perfect, ideal. Yeah, I think Zephyr asks. Wait a minute, you said you're going on a mission. What what type of mission? I guess my question is: is is this a secret, Iris? It doesn't have to be. No. I think Crimson just looks at, at you, Lilia, and kind of like, this is your dog. You figure it out. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I, I don't think the queen, the queen doesn't like broadcast who's on missions, but like there's no, there's, there's no imperative to keep it secret. I don't think Lillian would bother keeping it a secret. I think, I think it would tell uh, Zephyr that we are out looking for the white queen. Oh, oh. Huh, I, I guess I, hmm, I guess I never thought you'd be, you'd be doing that. And uh, Charity said, wait, does that mean you're also on this mission, Crimson? Yeah, I, it seems that, uh, she like wants to put up a face, but she just kind of, Moves close, closely, and whispers in your ear. The queen promised to find the library if I did this. I'm, I'm out of options, Charity. We've looked everywhere. Look, I know you really want to do this, but that's a suicide mission. You realize, right? She like looks at you. Well, she looks at her in a way that says, "Yes, I know," uh, and says. I am aware. I. She opens up her her robe to show that her body is almost completely covered in tattoos, uh, which last time she saw her, they were way less. I'm running out of space. But. And when I run out of space, that's it. I won't be able to go out adventuring looking for the library anymore. Okay, In a but... way, that will be the end of my life, Charity. My life's work, my life's purpose, my mission. But you'll you'll still have your mind. There's still so much valuable in there. I mean, you could talk for hours, days, weeks about what you know to other people. Like, and Callistra, you're, you're Lady Callistra. You're an amazing diplomat. Why? 
I, I just don't understand. Well, you say it's a suicide mission, my dear, but... It doesn't have to be. Just because others have failed does not mean we will. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, you notice that as she says that, Charity kind of... She squeezes her right arm uh, with her left hand. And in all the excitement, it was easy to kind of miss. But uh, you notice that, like, her right arm is covered in bandages. Uh, Charities or Zephyr? Sorry. Charity. Okay. Yeah, I think Crimson gently grabs her hand. and like, what happened? I... I got I got too close to one of those fishers. A couple days ago there was there was some sort of event at night. The camp, whole camp shook and we thought we knew where the safe areas were, but then the fishers expanded and one of the fishers went right through my camp. I wasn't... I was standing next to it. I wasn't there. Otherwise, I'd be dead. But one of my instruments was was there. And I tried to reach in and grab it. And then this happened. Um, she takes the bandage off. And as she unwraps it, you notice that her... The color of her arm is completely different. It changes from her normal dark orange to a slight brown color, as if it was like, just came from a human with a tan. Mm. Uh, And once the whole bandage comes off, you can see that her hand no longer has like the, the typical devil claws on it. Does it hurt? When I put, stuck my arm in there, yes, God, so much. It Mm. was this just excruciating burning sensation. It was like it was like my skin was peeling off. But once I took it out I mean it was like this but it doesn't doesn't hurt at all. It, it, it feels it feels normal. I don't like that it feels just normal. Uh, Crimson gently punches your shoulder. It's a good arm. Don't be mean to it. Uh, Iris, I have a question. Sure. Uh, are there any particularly odd or whimsical uh, fruits in the immediate vicinity? Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're going for. Uh, yeah, there are some uh, trees around that uh, trees around or bushes that bear fruit. All right, yeah, I'm gonna grab like a a twig or a slender branch. I'm gonna impale some of the fruits on that just going to see about uh, lowering them into the fissure and pulling them back up. Sure. I think, I think you take out a, um, I think you stab God. What's a fun fruit to do. <laughs> okay. Really putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. What's Iris just come up with up three fruits. Fruit, Iris. It's fine. <laughs> a normal thing to do. Boysenberry. Um, oh, a what? What'd you say? A boysenberry. Okay. Now, and are very much a real fruit. That's right. <laughs> Lexi. Yeah, a fantasy apple. 
Sure. Yeah, it's like a it's like a blue apple. It's a blue apple. That's fine. Oh, That's a blapple. Yeah, yeah, a blapple. Yeah, of course. Yeah, moon dro- the moondrop apple. Uh, yeah, you put it in, and and you can see as you uh, as it hovers above, as it like goes inside the fissure, the color of it starts changing to like a normal red. I see. Whatever's in those fissures is draining some property or another from whatever falls in. Well, on the plus side, that probably means the guy who owned that inn won't die. Unless he falls in. Uh, I mean, maybe there's maybe there's something on the other end. Who can say? Hey, Iris, are these fissures related to our mission at all? Do we know? Uh, you don't have any concrete mm-hmm. information about that right now, but you do know that the the fissure that you saw in the inn like mm-hmm. very conveniently seems to be going in the same direction as the black queen gave you uh for to find the area where the white queen went, went missing okay uh crimson's going to grab a rope from her back going to tie it on herself tie it on a tree uh kiss uh Kiss Charity quickly and then jump into the fissure. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think, hmm. I, I think uh, a Kestrel sees that and goes, oh, for fuck's sake, and run, like, starts running towards. Okay. Uh, as you do that, as, as you run guess, towards her. I guess um, some people take the term suicide mission a bit too literally. <laughs> Charity is <laughs> nice. Going... <laughs> uh, I think uh, Kestrel... As you're running toward her to stop her, mm. um, you hear Charity start playing her liar. Let me think here. How do I want to do this draw? Because I assume, Kestrel, you're trying to stop her, right? Yeah, I'm trying to stop her, or like if she's already in, yank on the rope and pull her out as soon as possible. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um Here's how this is. These few seconds are playing out. Crimson, you're making your way toward the fissure, and then you hear Charity's music, and you can feel like a slight. You were like all ready to go in there, and then now you're feeling there's a bit of hesitation, and and you're wondering like is. Is this the right thing to do? And that I think will give Kestrel a little bit of a, a little bit of help mm. on this draw. Kestrel, uh, you're gonna do elegance for this challenge, okay. fate, elegance. Then yeah, yeah, I got one Ellie. Okay, so you're gonna get two cards mm-hmm. because of Charity's assistance. Thank you, Charity. Uh, that's Justice and the Hermit. Um, let's go with... Oh, it's my dissonant. (laughs) Um, let's go with, um, just because I think this could use with a little bit of spice, um, let's go with the hermit. Your actions isolate you. Yep. Okay. What you decide to do is you're, you're able to catch up with her... 
but like she is she is about to go down and the way you you know try to stop it is you're running way too fast to like slow down and just uh to like immediately stop and pick up the rope uh so you just like run right past her and then like as you're going past her you shove her backwards mm-hmm. except you have you are now like about to fall in the fissure and i think like you you manage to like grab onto the edge mm-hmm. but you are like hanging down inside it and it's not hurting but it is it is tingling a little mm-hmm. I, I think kestrel's got like her spear wedged in the ground and is like holding on to that like like just barely like arm is sticking up out of the fissure holding on to the spear um i think and trying to pull herself up can lillian just like pluck her out of there yeah sure great love that i think crimson tries to help but also yells what the hell are you doing i think we should be falling in there you you just jumped in a fissure, and the only thing we know about it is that it drains something. From I have a rope. It would have been fine. It definitely would not have been fine. We don't know because it. it I was interrupted. It, is Lillian going to reach down in an attempt to, like, you know, just very delicately grab Kestrel's like hand to to keep as much of itself out of the fissure as possible, or is it just going to like? go down in there and get her tar- torso. If it doesn't want to stick its hand in there, like, it could grab just the spear and, like, pull me up claw game style. Oh, no, I think, yeah. yeah, I th- well, I don't think it's really thinking about that. I think it just kind of uh, does the whole hand. Okay. Uh, so I think you, you do bring Kestrel out, but um, you do feel like that burning sensation yeah. that Charity was talking about, and you, it, you, do your best to ignore it and you do get Kestrel out safely. But when you go check on your hand, uh, you notice that like it has started to it's, it started to fuse together into just like a single branch. Like you, you still have some of the digits left. Oh, okay. Um, You've got like, you've got, you're down to like three fingers now on Uh that hand. Um, and quick question, if I understand what you're implying correctly, Kestrel's totally fine? Like, Kestrel's normal? Yeah, Kestrel's fine. Yep. Okay, cool. Thought so. Um. I think Lillian says, would anybody else like to make a decision that leads me to losing part of my arm? This, I'm sorry about your arm, but this had nothing to do with you or with you, Kestrel. You are a part of an adventuring party. Crimson, so you should start taking responsibility for your actions. And you assume that no one knows what this shit does. You didn't bother to ask anyone. I know what'll happen if you go in there. So yeah, don't. what? Look at Lillian's hand. I will guess... Tree stump? That was a normal hand ten seconds ago. Now, it's... wrong. Inert, even. What do you think would happen to you? I think she unties the the rope and walks away. 
I think she goes and sits somewhere and starts writing on her journal again. I, I think Kestrel kind of regards the group and goes, If we're all on this quest together, we're not going to be stupid about it. This is dangerous. It's not a suicide mission, but we could die. I'm not here to fuck around. I think if if the camera were to pan behind Crimson, the journal, I think there's a lot of, like, the other side, what's there, the changes, and, like, what's on the other side. So underline three times, question mark, question mark, question mark. Whereas normally all of her other writing is very kind of, like, clinical. And, like, okay, this happened, and then this happened, and very, like, scientific in a way. This is very much, like, unhinged. Okay. Uh, And you see, like, Zephyr is sort of um, trying to put themselves in the middle of the group. Uh, They say, okay, uh, that was a lot. Tell you what, let's all think about this and talk this over at the camp. We've got one nearby. If you would like, you know, a place to regroup a bit and maybe restock. Does that sound good? Hmm. That's fine with me. Yeah, I have no objections. Um, All right. I think as like we make our way there, uh, Kestrel kind of walks up to Lillian. Um, says, "I don't know if it'll work with um, wood. Um, frankly, I, I I don't know that much about dryads, but um, and pulls like a little pouch out from her pack, and it's got like a like a solve, like a cream in it, and goes." Uh, that should help with any lingering pain. Uh, I think Lillian takes this as, oh, thank you. Um, you're familiar then. Um, you could say that. You're not going to make this easy, are you? Nope. And we'll just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, Molly here. Doing the doing the ad read. I'm here to do the ad break to tell you about patreon.com slash idle on playtest. Um, you know, we uh we put episodes up there early every week. Uh, and you can pay one dollar and you will get them a week early and you'll be able to listen to them. If you're listening to this episode of Queen on the free feed right now, you could be listening to Queen 3, which is a good one. It's a pretty good mini-series, if I do say so myself. Um we're also recording uh, Oyster right now. We just finished an Oyster recording like a couple hours ago uh, from when I'm recording this. And that one is also going to be a lot of fun. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to in the next few weeks here. Um, for $3 a month, you get our monthly design podcast where me and Luke are currently punching up the playbooks for uh, Become Your Best Self version 2. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I'm pretty happy with how those playbooks are looking. We are getting close to being done with 2.0, so um, that's kind of a crazy thing to think about, but it's very possible that early next year we'll have a finished product, uh, and that's pretty cool. Uh, for $3 a month, you can get Eidolon Playlist as well. Um, we already recorded that one, covering some Queen songs that were picked for the show, um, and a couple others. I don't. I think they all show up. Actually, I think they all show up. 
Um, a lot of the stuff Iris used is in there. A lot of the stuff we picked, obviously, is in there. Um, and it's a pretty good time. Me and Iris and Maxie got together to talk about all that. Um, for $3, you also get the GM notes. Iris writes a lot of GM notes. You are getting such a value. <laughs> you get so much for your money when Iris is GMing. Because uh, she cannot help herself. Uh, <laughs> she told us before every session how many notes she made. And we were like, Iris, you didn't have to do all that. But it turned out really good. So maybe she did. I don't know. She's got the sauce. Um, for $5 a month, you get the current draft of Eidolon 2.0. Uh, you can play it with your friends. You can, you know, make up your own little guys. You can pick some songs and make some powers out of them. It's pretty cool if I do say so myself. I'm having a really good time playing it. TBH. Uh, we also read out some names every week on the podcast who support us at the $5 level. I will do that after I tell you about one more thing. Uh, two, two, three more things, really. Um, we really appreciate everybody at the $10 level. Um, love that. We really, really deeply appreciate it because it means you just want more of our stuff. And that's great because we like making stuff. Uh, on top of that, this month in the grab bag, you can find a... Uh, they played... I forget who all was on it, but they sat down and they played Mario Party uh, to get third place specifically, which sounds really difficult because at some point the game just decides that one of you is going to be in third place and you have to defend that. Uh, so I don't know how I would do that. I'm trying to give away my coins to other people. I'm trying to make bad decisions. I'm trying to buy mushrooms or something. I don't know. But it sounds like they had a good time with it. It is up, available now on Patreon. You can watch that. Um, the other thing you get is uh, Maxi's incredible soundtrack um, to all seasons of Eidolon Playtest. Um, her work is absolutely incredible. You should get it, even if you just pay for one month of this tier just to download some music. It's well worth it. Um, cannot stress that enough. Uh, anyway, here's some, uh, here's some people we would like to thank this week for supporting the show. I have here Mars helped. I'm trapped inside this ad read nebulous harmony, Richard Wood, Evan Saft, JG, Abby Rexy's Sultala, Bren, Inkjet, Spellbound Mage, Yasu Grenade, Rosia G, Fishang, Addie Gale Ralston, Aurora Borealis, Alex Lopez, Agwheel, Don Fluffles, Lizzie Two Shoes, Jordan Sam, Dexy One, Ruby Shine, June B, Jade Nebula, and XF. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Um, if you want to send us emails for like the design session, the design session, that's how you say that. Uh, you can send those over to idleonplaytest at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, feedback about the game, uh, me and Luke would love to see that. We don't get that. We Well, we get enough emails. But, you know, it's always nice to have emails when it's not, like, for work or, like, spam. Uh, anyway, yeah, idleonplaytest at gmail.com. I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of this episode of Queen. Um, have fun. Calistra. You, I think, notice that as Zephyr and Charity are leading you all back to their nomad camp, um, they're sort of like occasionally turning to each other to like um, talk uh, and whisper a bit. Uh, your Eidolon is pinging 
constantly. Uh, for them specifically, or like since they yes. showed up? Yeah, for them, ever since like they heard that you all were going on this mission. I think I'll wait until we get to the camp to uh, speak to them, but I will be speaking to them. Sure. Um, I think eventually, uh, about 10, 15 minutes into the walk, uh, Charity sort of turns around, starts, starts walking backwards, and she says... You know, we've got a bit, got bit, we've got a bit longer to go. Um, how about I play a little music for you? Is it going to be normal music, or is it going to be the sort of music you played for uh, for a friend over there when she was going to jump in the fissure? Oh, uh, yeah. Don't don't worry. It'll it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You are um, evading the question. Uh. <laughs> I think I, Crimson says, I trust Charity. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think a Charity, yeah, Charity starts playing music. And you don't, you don't feel anything out of, out of the ordinary. It just, it's just nice music. And as, as she does so, like, Zephyr slows their gait, I think. And checks on Lillian. I think sort of sort of walks between Lillian and Callistra and they turn to both of you and say uh, that was that was a pretty pretty stressful thing I know uh, I I hope you're okay I hope we didn't make a bad impression I mean it worked out and I'm fine so Okay, uh, that's good to hear. Um, it's really, it was really nice to see you and, and meet you as well, Lady Clistra. Uh, and they they put um, a hand on sort of each of you, just on Clistra, one on Clistra's shoulder, one on you know what part of Lillian's arm they can reach. Right. Um, and it's just it's just a like a brief sort of. A friendly pat um but like you you can like feel a brief sort of like flash of it's it's like your memories are flashing in front of you it, it just lasts a very brief moment but uh Lillian you you just suddenly your mind just suddenly turns to your grove and Callistra, you get brief flashes of a castle um, and then Zephyr, you know, is is off, uh, is, you know, jogs a bit to, uh, canters a bit to in, increase their stride and get back to where Charity is to lead the group. Um, I'm actually going to work my way forward and uh, continue to speak to them. Sure. Uh, question, do they have any, like, game with them? Uh, oh, as in, like, um, uh, something they hunted. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think Zephyr has like a few 
uh, a few pheasants, um, sort of like on uh, tied to various strings, like dangling on their back. All right, I'm just gonna say, are are you sure you have completed your mission, my dear? Uh, accident with the bow, oh. notwithstanding. If you're bringing bringing along additional guests, we'd hate to put you out. Oh no, it's it's fine. Look, we can we can bring you to camp and if if we need to get more food, we can always go back out again. It's it's fine. It's just 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 verifying their story basically. Okay. And so are are you trying to like see if I trying to like see if they're uh they're lying? Uh yeah, I mean yeah, if you want me to draw something for that, just yeah, what are they what were they actually doing out here? Did was this truly okay. an accident? Let me think here. Might be a dredge since I'm not necessarily Yeah, I'm trying I'm, to intuit That makes sense I'm to me. I'm trying to intuit uh motive more than I am trying to understand something that that has clues. Yeah, I was thinking either investigate or dredge, but dredge makes more sense in this in this regard. So, uh what's your biz? My Let's see is, is two. two. All right, uh, you get the sun and the hierophant. Um, I'm gonna go with the hierophant. All right. Uh, so let's see here. You discover something, and it's neutral. Yeah, I think what you discover is they are telling the truth about like what they were doing out here. Uh, they they were definitely uh, trying to uh, hunt uh, for you know both animals and and fruit and vegetables, but they are also there. There is something that they are not telling you. Again, they're sort of like looking over at Charity every so often in a way that seems like they're nervous about something. Okay. Um. So I have the ability Soul Spyglass, which means when I play a positive or neutral card on a dredge, I can ask any one question about one of the characters in my immediate vicinity. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to ask about a player character. I want to ask it about um, the devil girl. Sure. Okay. Um, what is she doing here? Ch- what is Charity doing here? Yeah. Okay. Like with the nomads, or, or, yeah, or why like, is she why here? did she show up at your camp? Um, I mean, why is she here in this area? She she was helping, yeah, she was helping uh, Zephyr hunt. I okay, but why why is she with Zephyr? Like why like she she travels around collecting instruments and stuff, right? What is she doing in this area currently? Like why is this? Where oh, she is? that's what I'm asking. I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. Um she is in this area traveling with the nomads because she is scared. The deterioration that is happening to Rye, she has she has not seen that confined just to Rye. She has noticed that it is expanding to other kingdoms. And she is scared of what that means and she is traveling with the nomads because she feels a security there that she doesn't when she's on her own. Okay, okay. You get to ask Calistra a question. Yes. Um, hmm. 
I think, um, why is Callistra so desperate to bring her past back instead of spending her time with her loved ones now? Callistra has lived among humans with human lifespans and has seen, at this point, multiple generations come into being and pass along. She loves her family dearly, but with each successive generation, that love feels more and more at a distance. Um, even though she's still very much involved with that family, it feels in many ways like they are growing and changing as the generations go while she stays the same, and she's starting to feel a bit out of place. As you sort of are, like, dredging this information, as, you, as you're getting this sense from, from the undertow, you sort of, like, feel its knowledge, uh, like, flow through you. You suddenly feel like a small ripple in it as, as Charity's song changes. And she says... I've got this new song I'd like to try. How about I entertain you? And Uh-oh. two things happen. One, you uh, Charity um, starts a new song on her lyre, and you immediately feel like a very brief sort of panic that stops you in your tracks. And at the same time, Zephyr looks at you and like turns turns to look at you all and behind and like next to them appears a Eidolon that looks like a it looks like a pop-up book and your surroundings suddenly change. Zephyr and Charity are gone. And you are now in a castle. Callistra, you recognize this castle. This is my castle. What did the prince's castle look like? Honestly, it's your pretty typical, like, medieval setting JRPG castle. Okay, so made out of, like, uh, gray stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> has uh, nice carpets on on yep. the hallways. Banners and whatnot. Oh, yeah. You know, you know they got some nice banners. Tapestries, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Iris. Yeah? I'd like to reveal my master plan. Oh, God, what is it? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you remember when I borrowed that loot or whatever back at the inn? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, Ricky is going to pull that out. Okay. And start improvising in extremely discordant tune. <laughs> uh, in a, in a different key. I would like to point okay. out that if you still have it, you didn't borrow it, you stole it. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> look, forgot Hartman to give back. It's well, yeah, he, he was planning to die. What's he gonna need it for then? No, no one's ever gonna use it again. Um. So while Ricky is doing that, I think uh, he is going to have the show must go on. Strike the set. Okay. 
I'm not that much of a theater kid. Can you explain to me what strike the set means? Uh, let me double check the definition real quick. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I for, it, for the audience, it means, it, it, means you're, it means you're moving everything off the set, like all the, yeah, the furniture and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You are disassembling. Uh, you're clearing you're the stage. the set off stage, possibly, you know, if it's the last show, possibly, like, disassembling the set entirely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Um, I think, yeah, that's definitely going to be... Uh, that's definitely gonna be a biz, because you're basically like challenging challenging Charity's Eidolon directly. Well, I only um, have one biz. Uh, oh boy! Let me, let me just look at my uh my moves real quick. You know, I I really gotta say, um, Ricky is making a lot out of that <laughs> one biz. <laughs> well, we'll do we'll do what we can. Give me that one biz draw. Okay. That's the tower. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Jesus God. Christ. <sighs> uh, Good game, y'all. All right, folks, so we, we got to check out. Oyster next week? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think what happens here is that uh, it seems like what you're doing is working. Um, some of like the, the bricks in the walls start to like... Um, slide away and like uh, it's it's like they're getting pulled back uh, into nothingness essentially um, but as as parts of the castle uh, slide away they are suddenly replaced by twisting vines and trees uh, and branches that sprout out out of them and now you're dealing with a castle that is also a dense forest, and it has become a maze in here. Callista immediately turns to Ricky and is like, I will thank you not to destroy my castle. It's not your castle. It is a thematic representation of your castle, conjured by illusionary means. I will thank you to respect the bounds of my illusory castle. It, illusory though it may be, this is still my property, and you shall respect it. Um, can I, can Kestrel just, does Kestrel see all this happening? Is this, like, in their head? Is this a physical thing that's happening to everyone around us? Yeah, this is, this is, you are trapped in the same illusion. Okay, cool. Um, if there's a forest here now, I think Kestrel's gonna, like, shoulder her way through between the two of them and just plant her spear down and try to wither the forest that's just overgrown. Okay, that sounds like... Hmm. I think as you do that, the... Uh, you hear a sort of, like, um, military march uh, ah, coming shit. from Charity's Lyre. Um, it, it seems to be coming from like somewhere way down the hall. Uh, you're, you're not sure where there's so many branches in the way it could, could even be like in a, in a room somewhere down the hall. But, uh, as you approach the vines, they start lashing out at you, uh, to protect themselves. So this is going to be a scrap. Okay. Uh, give, uh, I give do, a- I do have one singular pow. Cool. Uh, that is the fool. Okay. 
Um, pretty appropriate in this, in this. Oh, I really should have pushed on that tower. <laughs> you yeah, really you should have. have. Yeah, <laughs> probably should have. Oh well. <laughs> uh, I should also remind everyone that we do still have Callistra's ready for anything dross. You know, just just in case another tower happens again. Um. <laughs> all right. You gonna you gonna stick with the fool? Yeah, um, but I'm gonna use um, uh, if cards are fr- if cars are frogs. Oh, okay. So I'm a spending a hold, two. and I get I get to spend one of my two hold, and I get to interpret it instead of you. Okay, sure. What's your interpretation of this? Um, I think who Kestrel needs to be right now is the fucking Grim Reaper. Um, and uh, just like drains the life from the forest that is sprouted up but I think with not in a way that damages it but like Lillian also feels like like feels like the echo of like the Kestrel is kind of the antithesis of what it is in a lot of ways yeah. and I think that hits Lillian for sure yes yeah. absolutely Okay, um, hmm. I feel like if you're interpreting that way, then it kind of kind of seems like you're gonna gonna do damage to Lillian. Um, yeah, I, I mean, are you cool with that, Molly? I know, uh, yeah, are, are you fine. cool with Yeah. All right, then, yeah. Listen, I'll take a hit. Then, yeah, I, I think, I think because it is neutral, I guess, like, the cost of me actually taking out the forest is that... I mean, the actual, and then you should also take a hit here. Yeah, oh, well, no, yes. I shouldn't. I, I, well, yeah, from the vines, yeah. Neutral well, scrap, yes. Well, okay, yeah, because... Neutral scrap has... Yeah, 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 it does. Um, but yeah, um... Oh, okay. I mean, if yeah. that's because I was I was doing the neutral scrap as uh, Can, yeah. <laughs> Kestrel deliberately transferring the damage to the, Lillian. The they would have taken. Oh, to, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I kind of like because because Kestrel's power yeah. is how it works. Is she technically should be fine? So I like the damage kind of being transferred to Lillian instead. It's just I did listen recently. Re-listen to Rock Six, and I'm just yeah. thinking about. Uh, Molly's character Is taking it time for Molly to die again. I, 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 no, yeah, no, I don't. Early Rock, aka the collateral damage. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do want to say I don't think Kestrel is doing that intentionally. Like she's not going like, yeah, the tree can fucking take this one. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, it just it just doesn't realize. Yeah, it's like an AOE, and she didn't realize that Lil- Lillian would get caught in it. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Lillian is at battered now. Um. <sighs> I think, like, some of its leaves start wilting. And now we're damaging my forest. Such impertinence. I think Lillian looks at Callistra and says, this is not your forest. <laughs> hey, Iris, I have, a qu- I have a question, though. Is it her forest? Like, is this the forest yes. we were... Okay, so this is... Okay. Yeah, yeah, Your your castle is sort of, like, being... Or I guess it's the other way around. Lillian's forest is is starting to juxt being is getting juxtaposed onto right, that's, your castle. Oh, okay. That's what I thought was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is not your forest. Yeah. Gotcha. I think Grimson's gonna try to maybe commune is the right role. She has she knows charity, so I would presume she has experienced something similar like this before. And she's gonna try to walk out of a weak point in the illusion. Okay. So I don't know if you wanna reveal or uh, commune with the undertow. 
Yeah, I mean, if uh, yeah, if you want to try, if you want to try and find like a a crack in the illusion, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and, and we'll do a dredge for that. Your yeah, biz dredge. is two, right? My yeah. bitch is two. Yeah. Um, or I think the other option, depending on how you mm-hmm. want to, actually, no, we'll hmm. Because I'm also thinking breakthrough. Breakthrough could be a thing. Because uh, that that actually sounds more. I guess yeah, if you want to call this breakthrough, this it. makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with this. This seems like a breakthrough, so I'll give you pow instead. Yeah. Uh, so three. Yes, that is. Oh boy. Uh, the chariot, the world, and the emperor. Okay, well, pretty sure it's gonna be the world there. <laughs> I I sort of figured. Let me think here. I think you are observing your surroundings and like seeing like you're you're sort of finding a I think you've like got your hands on the walls specifically like feeling around where sort of the cracks are where the where Lillian's forest is coming out through the castle uh and you find like one uh, sort of like sort of weak area um, where the the bricks aren't held together too well uh, and you just like take a hand on one of those bricks and just rip it right out of the wall and you keep doing that uh, just, just taking bricks out uh, until you are sort of like it's it's a weird it's a weird sensation. It's like there are clearly walls around you, but when you stick your head in, uh, like past the hole you just opened up, and like you look back, there aren't walls anymore. It's just totally, it looks totally invisible. Um, like there's just just floors, and and the decorations and and your companions. Uh, and when you look f- forward, you can see like just this empty black space with uh, vines that seem to be just coming up from an abyss. You can't even see where where they're coming up from. Uh, and it's like the whole castle is just floating in hey this everyone. Crimson's no clipping. Nega space. Yes, that's <laughs> essentially what I'm going for. Oh, God, uh, please just don't fall through the world. I don't know if we can rescue you from that one. <laughs> And because of this, you can also see if you uh, look forward, um, you see Zephyr and Charity apparently just hiding in a small library at, you know, uh, at the other end of the hallway, often like a, a room to the left. I think Crimson locks eyes for Charity and just says, stop it. I assume you're gonna like shout that. <laughs> no, she just. I, I think maybe she she can tell by my face. We know each other. My face, my face, and my lips, kind of being like, "Stop this." I think like uh, Z- uh, Zephyr sees you first, poking your head through, and they like their eyes sort of go wide in a panic uh and they turn to like charity and are clearly like saying something to her and charity's 
music suddenly like suddenly starts slowing down and like goes into a minor key and what were you going to do with out of curiosity what were you going to do with this hole you just opened were you going to go into it were you going to go now that you can see yeah. where things are or? yeah go into it basically okay um as you step through and you hear charity's song changing uh you and and everyone's muscles start to feel sluggish uh now i do have a question yeah two of us don't have muscles right okay does that still apply to us yeah ri- <laughs> ricky Just, you know our limbs ricky like you've you never still get fatigued right yeah, you don't generally. You don't sleep. You it, it's it's you are supposed to be incapable of sleeping, but you're pretty sure that what you're what you're feeling right now is how you have heard friends of yours describe what the concept of drowsiness is. Ricky, I am experiencing epi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, making it warm. So the spotlights might be counterproductive. <laughs> oh, if only there were windows. Well, real real windows, not these things. You hear Callister just make a little scoffing noise. Does Lillian have any ideas? I mean, my only idea is that hallway that goes towards where they are. Yeah. Uh, is it blocked by trees like the forest or... Uh, it's not completely blocked, but yeah, it is. It is fairly tangled up in in trees and vines and bushes. No. Like, so now it I, make it uh, difficult to get through. I do. I do have to ask. What did uh, What did Kestrel actually do if the withering didn't make all that oh, no, more sorry. passable? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it it did. Right. Sorry. I. Forgot. It's okay. It's it, okay. It it did clear it out quite a bit. Um. But you do see, like, other vines start to take its place. So, like, it's it's clear for now. Um, but if you don't get a move on, like, Ke- this, whatever Kestrel did is, is kind of going to be for naught. Um, I think Lillian is going to, like, start stepping through the hallway and, like, seeing the vines start coming through, just say to them, like, glaring at them, just, like, stop. Because uh, <laughs> that's her forest. Yeah, okay. Um... That feels like feels like a glam. Should that be a dazzle? It could Do also we still be a have an intimidating move? On, uh... oh, wait, is Threaten still in the book? This is more like I am trying to like... Lillian is more or less like in charge of nature. Not in charge of nature, but is like intrinsically connected to it. This I was trying to do more of like using my idol on, but also okay. vocalizing this. Okay. She's okay. giving, she's giving sure. her forest a command. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh all right. Uh so in that case, yeah, I don't think it'd be a threat or a dazzle. I, I think you'd basically just be using your like force of will, which feels like a pow to me. Sure, I have two pow. Okay, that is going to be Death and the Empress. I'll take Death. That's my resonant card. <laughs> oh nice. Okay. So your resonant is you make the world a stranger and more wonderful place. Name one law of any kind. For the remainder of the session, this law no longer applies. Oh, boy. I had not considered that I would have to stop a law. Uh, 
Does anyone have any thoughts about this? You could make it so that uh, music doesn't work right anymore. Yeah, the the law of sound, like you just <laughs> you mute stop everything. Music theory. <laughs> I mean, you could stop magic, which would be no. We're not stop magic. Uh-oh. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Some of us run on that shit. Thank you. No one ever lets me break things anymore. Uh, but yeah, no, you could you could do shit with sound with physics. Sure. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think all. What? How would I phrase that? Like to stop music from harmonizing or something? Uh, or or like the, what? The, I don't even know what that semitone system uh, no longer functions. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds good. Okay. So yeah, I think how this works in conjunction with what Lillian was uh, trying to do with the vines uh, is its command rings out. Uh, its, its voice sort of travels through the vines and the castle and the air, and the vines immediately retreat, um, clearing the way. And uh, as its voice reverberates through the air, uh, it completely distorts Charity's music uh, so that it no longer sounds how she's trying to get it to sound uh, and you immediately feel yourselves um, refreshed and ready to go and probably kind of irritated by everything that's happening. <laughs> like you, you do not feel her effects on you at all anymore, uh, though the illusion is still around. Yeah, I think if nobody else is doing anything, um, Lillian no, is Calistra finishing going down. Is yeah. going to say in a very commanding tone, not um, not using any metaphysical powers, but definitely pulling on her centuries as a uh, elder stateswoman to say, young lady, what exactly do you think you are doing here? I'm trying to save you. By trapping me in... Quite frankly, a poor imitation of my home. Look, we're both just trying to save you. You're on... The quest you're on is pointless. We thought that maybe... We're... Tr- just please give up. Nothing in this world is pointless, my dear. Everything that seems impossible just means it is a tremendous, incredible task that someday will be accomplished, no matter how many people must first try and fail before it can happen. As Ricky is saying that, Callistra is, like, pushing her way into the space where, um, Charity is, and, um, arrives there and just looks her straight in the the eyes and says, Why are you so convinced that we will fail because there's nothing out there anymore it's just white so what would you have us do simply stay here and wait for the end the world is dying Charlie we have to do something maybe our time has come maybe we weren't meant to last I just all that knowledge All that time and effort you spent figuring out all these different instruments and what they did and their histories and the peoples. And you're just going to let it all die? 
you're just gonna let it all waste away into nothingness? You're not gonna fight for it? If that's true, then I guess I never really did know you. I think Kestrel makes her way in through the now pretty crowded small space, I assume. <laughs> Um, I mean, the hall's fairly yeah, big, okay. uh, and and the library. I assume you you've all like mm. made your way yeah. into the library now. Like it's it is small for a library, but mm. like it's still a fairly sizable room. Ah, uh, so this is not an original part of the castle. Then we don't have any small libraries. <laughs> oh, okay, yours. God, it is a simulacrum. Swagged out. Yeah, I, I think what happened is, is Zephyr only got a brief glimpse of what your castle looked like. Like I said, it's turning like out. And just tried to fill in the gaps. Yeah, like I said, it's turning out to be a pretty poor imitation. Um, is there is there a possible angle Kestrel could have where like, if she's like kneeling in front of Charity, where like. No one else could see the front of her face. Like, like everyone's just seeing the back of her armor. I think so, because I, I think you're you've all probably like um, sort of. You're not complete. I don't think you all are completely surrounding. Yeah, uh, charity and I, no. I, I pictured like a half circle, like everyone kind of exactly. Yeah. and I'm yeah. So if if you just like step out to the front, like yeah, you mm. can you can do that. Okay, I think Kestrel kneels in front of Charity and says, "We have to hope there's more than nothing out there." And I have more reason to believe that than most. And I think Kestrel lifts up like the visor of her helmet so Charity sees her face, but only Charity sees her face and then she shuts it. There's a sharp intake of breath mm. as she recognizes your face and she stares at you and says, I thought you were gone. Not all of me, at least. I guess. Okay. Fine. You can have it your way. And she stops playing her liar and she puts an arm, she puts a hand on Zephyr uh, and they look at her and then sort of back to you. Um, and it, I think to Lillian specifically, they kind of uh, bow their head apologetically uh, and the castle and all the vines just dissolve away, and you're back in the forest. So and was there even a camp? Lillian asks. Yes, there's there's a camp. That That's true. I just... We both thought that maybe before you got there and that we could, that we could maybe... Uh, just stop you from going any further. Charity, may, we... may I tell you something? Uh, sure, o okay. Before we departed, the owner of the inn at which we were staying saw a fissure forming in the building that he had owned and I can only assume lived in for years. And he said he would stay there and die. And we let him do it because 
I imagine, at least it's what I was thinking, to deny him that choice would be to deny him the life we wish to save. If someone wants to make a decision that endangers them, sometimes you have to let them do it. Because the alternative is deciding you know better than they do. Yeah. I'm... I'm sorry, I've just... I've just been terrified of what's happening out there. I hate it. I hate... I wish everything could just go back, but it can't. I didn't want it to... I didn't want to see you get devoured. If the heart of this phenomenon is as you have described it, then it's not a question of whether or not we are devoured. It is a question of whether we meet our doom head-on and do what we can to stave it off, perhaps even avert it, or whether we simply flee day after day until it is finally at our doorsteps and there is nowhere left to run to. I personally figure that I'd rather die standing than uh, lying down. Although I don't really lie down very often, but you know, metaphorically speaking. I have no intentions of dying until my work is completed. And that goes by just letting the world end as well. Not until I'm done. Look, you didn't hurt anyone. Like, no one... Yeah, no no one was hurt here except for by my hand and kind of does, like, an apologetic nod towards Lillian. So... <laughs> Lillian doesn't say anything. Yeah. Of course not. We we weren't trying to hurt you. We would never, I, I know. never do I, that. We yeah. just... I'm just saying we can just rest at your camp and move on tomorrow and you can go on your way and we'll go on ours. Right. Um, Zephyr chimes in and says, I mean, I, I personally still think it's a bad idea, but if you are going to keep doing this, I think there's probably someone you're going to want to meet back at camp um i i think she should be still around charity oh oh yeah yeah i mean if if you're if you're going in the same direction that you were you're gonna end up in the fairy king's domain you're definitely going to want her help uh come on look follow us We're, we're we'll meet her at camp you do have to tell us who her is, by the yeah. way. You don't have the privilege of keeping secrets here anymore. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, well, some of you may know her. Um, her name's Mel, the fairy feller. I'm going to let you all decide whether or not you know this person. Uh, Mel is very old, uh, but doesn't, doesn't look it. Uh, she's at least a good century old, possibly 
more. She is 10 feet tall. Looks like a normal human otherwise, but she carries a huge axe uh, and is always wearing flannel. How bunny looking ass. She, uh, she has sort of like set herself up Partly just partly on accident, just because she can't stop trying to be helpful as sort of a liaison between the Fae and the other folks who live in the forest to make sure neither of them takes advantage of the other or gets too rowdy. Uh, And she's she has she's fairly well respected by both camps. I think we had already decided that Lillian knows her. Yeah, yeah, I think Lillian definitely knows her. I think Hollister uh, knows her. I was just going to leave her. it up to everyone else. You yeah. mean the, the Mel Fairy Feller? With the, with the solid iron axe forged in the coldest fire? I, yeah, I didn't the know. The one who leaves footsteps like craters? Yeah, yeah, with, with, the, with the big pig named, named Mad. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Oh, why don't I collect autographs? Damn! I mean, you could borrow some of my paper? No, 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 I have plenty of my own. I just, I won't know where to store it. Oh my goodness, oh. Wait, 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 she could paint something on my back. Yes, yes! I don't know how good she is at art, but I suppose you could ask. Anyway, shall we continue? Crimson kind of just starts walking, not looking at Charity. Yeah, I think I think as we're making our way, Castro kind of hangs back to talk to Lillian and just says, um, sorry for um, catching you with that. Uh, I think Lillian just kind of shrugs uh, and it says, just don't make it a habit. I'll try not to. Eidolon Playtest is produced by Audio Entropy. You can find us at Audio Entropy on Twitter or at patreon.com slash Eidolon Playtest. You can also find us at co-host at Eidolon Playtest. You can find Lexi at Tabletop Gamera on Twitter or at Fox on co-host, Zoe at Zoe with a sword on Blue Sky, Iris at Stilts the GM on Twitter, Fabi at Fabi underscore Garza on Twitter, Maxi at Max Knightley on Tumblr, and me, Molly, at your friend Molly on a number of websites. Eidolon Queen will be back on October 30th for patrons and November 6th for everyone else. See you then!